Hi, this is Felix Han. I'm a second year director, stunt coordinator, bike coordinator, director, producer, actor, and you're listening to Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me tonight is a, a very special guest, martial artist, actor, stuntman, second unit director, fight choreographer, fight director, and father of uh, Louis Tan, Philip Tan. Philip, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's really great to have you, uh, and it's always nice to uh, get a little bit of the the history of the industry as we have it today. It's, it's very different, and I, I'm sure you're going to have some great stories about that, but Let's get an introduction to you. Uh, you were born in Singapore. You moved to the UK, and uh, you started uh, winning championships in a whole bunch of athletic activities: gymnastics, taekwondo, uh, dance. Uh, how did you first get involved in martial arts to begin with? So I got into martial art when I was very young. By the way, I've got four boys, and uh, Stan Tan is in Hunger Game, and Ben Tan is a director uh, in like twelve music video with Willow Smith and. Ken Impala, I mean, he's, he's doing really, really well. And uh, he's also a stuntman. And all mm. my kids, stunt, they do acting. And uh, and then my last one, he's a photographer, Evan Tan. He's, he's in three galleries right now. And they, he's only 19, you know. So I've got a whole family. My wife is a producer. And we've got a few things producing right now. And my whole entire family, and I don't know how it all happened because I didn't encourage any of them to go into the business. Because one is enough, which is me. And then, <laughs> you know, um, they all wanted to do it. And I don't know why. I, it, I, I was hoping that one of them would be going to be a, an attorney or something, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? and, uh, or an accountant or something. Or, you know, something that is not in the business that we need. Lawyers or something. And, but they all wanted to do it. And I have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I started when I was young, you know, um, when I was, uh, actually, I went to, so I lived in Singapore until I was eight, and then I went to the UK, and then I went to, you know, all-white school, and I got beat up the first three days of school, and I was like, this is ridiculous, you know, I can, I go to school, and eight kids would jump me, so I started training Wing Chun, mm. so, and I did a little Wing Chun, and then I looked up for boxing. I started to train martial arts just to defend myself because I, after the third time getting beat up by a group of, you know, thugs and skinheads, I, I've had enough, you know. And sure. the whole school, all the minorities, kids, all got together and said, you know, and there's like a, a thousand white kids and like maybe 200 minorities. So we all got together and said, look, if one guy go down or somebody gets picked on, we are going to help. It doesn't matter if you're Asian, black, Latino, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Greek, <laughs> we're all going to come together. And they said, all right, let's do that. Otherwise, we've got no chance. We're all going to get beat up, you know. And yeah. uh, so that's how it all started, you know. And uh, after that, I went into, you know, Taekwondo and then uh, Muay Thai with Master Sken Kabunan, then kickboxing with Benny the Jet, you know. And, wow, uh, 
yeah, you know, for um, like the last 10 years. So stand-up is my game, and I've done, like, I, I do everything stand-up, you know, I try to do everything because you need to, you know, in, in this game, in the film industry, you've got to be good at a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. Now, it, was there anything in particular about those styles that attracted you to them, or were you just interested in just learning as many different martial arts as you could? Well, actually, I was interested in learning how to fight. That, that was mm. the, whole, the whole thing. So when I went into Taekwondo or Wing Chun, it was like just solely for, for purpose to learn how to fight. And they said, do you want to do belts? And I said, no, forget the belts. Let's just let's teach me how to fight. So I started learning how to fight. And then I started fighting in Taekwondo. I became a London champion and I became a British champion in 1985 in the World Taekwondo Federation. And then I started doing my belts. So we would do the kata, and we would learn all the kata in like one week, right? Mm. Then get our belt. And then we just learn how to fight. And that was it. Just fight. I just want to knock people out. And then I, later on, as I grew more mature, then I wanted to learn the art of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it started off was self-defense <laughs> because of survival. Sure. And then after that, I started to learn the art because I, I became the British champion and I started training with the British Thai Boxing Federation champion and they were like, you know, when they got close to me, elbow, knee, you know, Sandy Holt in England and uh, Ronnie Green with Muscle Skin and Muscle Toddy. So I was like, wow, I was getting beaten close up with mm-hmm. with elbows and knees and I didn't know how to defend the lo- lick, lick kick because, you know, Taekwondo, we don't do lick kick. Right. So that, I said, you know, I got to learn this style because, you know, I, from a distance, I could, I could win. But when I get close, I will gain hammered. So I said, mm. all right. So I started dropping that and I started learning Muay Thai, you know. And then I brought it over Muay Thai, introducing some of it into Tango and, uh, into Batman and Tango and Cash, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and so I was one of, I, <laughs> I took it to flying knee, flying elbow, and uh, Superman punch, they call it. Yeah, they, I brought it to Tango and Cash just alone. And I said, look, you know, let me show you. We can do this. And your character can do this. And and Tony Monaco at the time, who flies uh, bodyguard, he goes, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if it works. And I said, Tony, of course it works. He said, how do you know that? I said, tell that to the guy who called me a very bad name. I jumped up and knee him in the head and I dropped him on the floor. I said, he was out in a second. I said, tell him that. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> I know it works. <laughs> I said, I fly elbow to the guy's head, you know, um, in the wing. And then after that, it was in the street. And I was like, everything works. I was like, well, it's really good. <laughs> it's like, it's awesome. Let's put it in Tango and Cat. They didn't want to do it. But anyway, I managed to get Sly to do like a jumping front kick and fly and side kick and, you know, and clothesline and stuff. So it was the beginning of a major start doing it. You know what I mean? Right. I had like a piece of that in on the uh, the original Batman with Michael, Michael Keaton. Mm. Uh, I got the stunt double in by the guy named David Lee to come in and double Batman. So we we were able to put in some stuff in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you actually got to use some of your martial arts in the street. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it, it look, it wasn't I'm trying to do anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a thug. I'm just defending myself, you know, like I'll go in, I'll be having a drink in the a, in a, in a club and someone will just shove me out of the way, right? like just to get a drink. So I'm, you know, I'm not a big guy like my son, Louis, like 6'1". I'm like 5'7". Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. I said, excuse me? And then the guy goes, why? What you going to do about it, mate? You know, like in my face, like right in my nose. Right. You know, what you going to effing do about it? And I'm like, okay, elbow. <laughs> She's like, you want to get in my face? You call me names? I haven't done anything to the guy. <laughs> but right. what's going to happen? Because it always happens, you know? They'll, they'll poke me in my chest. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, I know what works and I know what doesn't work. And then later on, of course, as I grew up, immature, now I, I don't get into fights. I just walk away. Yeah. Because I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> if the guy's going to end up in the hospital. I'm in <laughs> America now. We get sued here. Yeah. So, <laughs> Or they pull out a gun and shoot you, you know? Yes, definitely better walk away than, than any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, now I just create scenes for the movie, so it's much better. It's safer, and I enjoy it more. <laughs> That's funny. All right, now we'll, we'll, we'll get into the movies in a second, but uh, you were a champion dancer at one point, too. Is that right? Yeah, so what happened was this. Look, we had to get. In, I had to get into equity, you know, British equity. And the only way you can get in, right, you have to do live show. So I'm thinking at that time with the disco dancing era, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, and somebody threw a bet out, you know, like Asian people can't dance. And I'm going, what are you talking about? And he goes, you know, only black people can dance. And I said, what are you talking about? Just because you're black doesn't mean you can dance. I know, you know, I, I said, just because you're Asian doesn't mean every Asian do martial arts. I said, that's, you know, silly, you know, to say that, you know. And he goes, no, no, no. He said, you know, you've got no rhythm. And I go, all right. He did, so he bet me that he, I, I couldn't dance. In six months, there was a competition. And he bet me, I think it was 100 pounds. So it was a lot of money in those days, right? Mm. One pound was like 5 to $7 in, in those days. So I said, all right, but, you know, let's do it. And I, I hate losing a bet. So I went in to start training. I started training jazz, soul, funk, you know, uh, at Pineapple Studio. So... I started doing that and I got really good and I won the competition. It was 5,000 pounds. So I got a lot of money. Right? Wow. Those days. So then I went to do another competition. I won that one. And I keep winning and I had like seven national disco dancing title. Okay, it was disco dancing in those days. And then <laughs> the equity. So we started the show. The guy that bet me, his name was Peter Francis, he, who, who's not here anymore. He passed away. God bless his soul. But he's one of the top disco dancer. And there's a guy called Tommy Mack who is still a club promoter in the UK, one of the biggest. And we had a, a group called The Hot Slickin' Cool. <laughs> black guy, a white guy, and an Asian guy. We got to the, do two shows in front of the Queen, the Royal wow. Rock performance. That's how good we got. So we, we mixed dancing, martial art, right? Like fighting on stage, kickboxing, like Rocky will come on, the music Rocky will come on because because Rocky was on at the time in, you know, and uh, around 70 something, 76 or 78. And uh, and it, we would use that music and we would start kickboxing, sort of boxing. So we start boxing, then we start slow motion boxing, then we start kicking each other and everyone would go nuts, right? And then we'd do, you know, everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, it's, it's hysterical. And, uh, and then... We would get paid. So we needed like 40 weeks contract, which is one day is one day, five days one week. So imagine 40 weeks. <laughs> it's a lot of contracts, right? Yeah. So that's how it all started. I got the, the gist of 
and learn the audience how they laugh. They, you know, they, they, if they don't like it, they'll boo you. The British audience, they, they get drunk. They're like, get out of here. <laughs> you. you know, so we didn't have too many of those, thank God. You know, we had, at once we went to Glasgow, Scotland, and we danced. And they just like, yeah, whoa, you know, they call his name, everything. And the manager came over and said, listen, if this goes on like that, you guys ain't getting paid. You better come up with something good. I said, we're in Glasgow. They love fighting. Let's do a fighting routine. We did the fighting routine. The whole house went berserk. Wow, they're screaming. Oh, my God. You know, (laughs) 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 it was awesome, man. You know, so, I mean. You know, so you learn like, okay, you don't dance in Glasgow. You you do dancing and martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the million dollar question then is: Is there any footage of any of this stuff that exists anywhere? Look, there is. There is <laughs> a full disco dancing competition. I was in the World Championship in '79. The World Disco Dancing Championship. Just look it up. And I come oh. on, see me. I come on there. But I was like 19 at the time. And the thing is this. I travel around the world, I get paid a lot of money, right? At that time, I was young, free, and single, getting a lot of women. I said, what more do you need? I, I love my life. <laughs> and then we got our equity card, which means I can now join as an actor in, in the UK, and then I became a stuntman, you know? And I own TV series, 56 episodes, they called Albion Market, and we had a fan base of like 12 million a week. Uh, we're on TV twice a week on, on Granada television. So it was wonderful. I mean, I couldn't, there's no way I could have got into that. And then my first movie was with Peter Sellers in 79. I worked wow. with Peter for one year in Helen Mirren. And, uh, that was called The Finished Plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was my first movie, which I got to choreograph all the fights and, uh, become a Fu Manchu decoy. And, yeah. uh, and I traveled to Paris and all over, Switzerland and we went everywhere I mean it was amazing you know and then I came back with so much money I didn't even know what to do with it I was poor <laughs> house yeah that's, I was like 19 years old so at 20 I already got my cottage and it was crazy I'm thinking this is insane they pay this kind of money <laughs> what am I going to do I'm, I'm like I think I'm going to give up gymnastics because I was a gymnast as well so I was 11 to around 17 I represented England uh, in the youth and the British tumbling champion and British youth team and I got my coach Evan Tuck for all these champions. And then the, the champions now teach our coach to world champion and Olympic champion. So we have a, a legacy of gymnasts, the world champion right now, and the, the gold medalist in the floor in the last Olympic, and the one before that, uh, British, uh, which is coming from our staple staple camp, you know, <laughs> from our wow. coach, Evan Tuck, uh, who taught Jeff Davis, and he's in the national team, and uh, it, so it was amazing, I mean, it's just, you know, the legacy of martial art, and then my sensei, Master Sken Kapudan from Manchester, England, so he taught, we had like one, maybe ten Euro- uh, British champion, seven, eight European champion, three <laughs> world title holder, including uh, Ronnie Green. Now, one of them, one of the guys, one of my sparring partner, he came over here at the same time I came over to do Tango and Cast. He went and started a Muay Thai club in New York, and Phil Nurse was the stand-up coach for George St. Pierre, Rochelle Evan, 
And then he said, wait till you get this other kid. His name is John Jones. No one's going to beat him. And then John Jones arrived on the scene. I was like, wow, who is this guy? Is this the guy you're talking about? I said, yeah, that's the guy. And he hasn't been beaten since. He was the stand-up coach for them. So the stable, the this training we had was amazing, you know, with some of the best teacher we've ever had. You know, Muskin is one of these guys that teach Muay Thai, mm-hmm. mixed with Taekwondo, mixed with, you know, uh, Thai martial arts. So it was, you know, he, he's one of these thinkers that thought outside the box and boxing as well. So we mixed that too, you know. And so he taught us the way of fighting is not just fighting, it's not to get hit. Sure. It's not attack, you know, and you don't just, you know, step forward and do a, a, a low kick. You step forward, low, low kick, you throw your head to the side, you don't get hit, you put your arms out. So you, if, you, if they try to catch you, they can't catch you because they'll hit your arm. Your head's not there. I mean, it's, you look at the leg, you kick the leg. You look at the leg, you kick the leg. You look at the leg, you kick the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a master of deception, which is why yeah. Jones hasn't been beaten, because you don't know what you're going to do. Juliet Jones said here, same thing. He doesn't even know what he's going to do. because he, <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that's how yeah. you, you, you work, work the, the move so that... Because people can now rewind your tape and go, oh, this is what he does. Look, look what he does. He does this every tape, every time. Well, guess what? When you don't know what... When Jones, you don't know what Jones is going to do, how are you going to beat him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, they, they go on instinct and they go on improvisation. And so it's a great way of fighting. It's not just, you know, the same stuff, you know, because they roll the tape back, play it over and over again so they got it. Oh, look, he drops his arm when, before he throws the kick, you know? So let me ask then, you have all of this fighting knowledge, you have gymnastics and you have dance. How did all of that translate into acting? Were you always going to go into acting or did you stumble into that somehow? I stumbled it somehow. It was, uh, it was in the newspaper, Evening Standard, I think it was, and they put in the newspaper, short Asian guy that can fight. <laughs> you must <laughs> Yeah, act and you know apply. Come to this place. Well, so wait, seriously, the the ad said a short Asian guy that can dance, do martial arts, and act. Yes. Wow. wow. Right. And so I'm thinking, wow, I'm gonna go, have a go. There's gonna be a lot of people there. And when we got there, me and my brother John, we got there. There was like, you know, and they were looking for like five guys. You know? There were like three guys or something like that. Four guys there. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I, I was way, way qualified because I could do all, I could do all of them, you know. I right, didn't know right. how to act, but I said, hey, you know, I'm just gonna do whatever they tell me. If they tell me to do this, I'll do it, you know. And uh, at that time, I didn't know how to act, and uh, but I need, I definitely knew martial art, I knew dancing, I knew acrobatic, and I was already, you know, in the national team. So when I start throwing all the flips, and they're like, whoa, and can you do this? Yep, and did it, dance, and they flew me to Paris to meet with Peter Sellers. So wow. that, that was kind of like the final audition. So we get there, and he, he's not there. You know, it's like we're waiting, and he's not there. So they said, uh, Phil, you and your brother, can you go downstairs, and the chauffeur is going to take you to the hotel. I said, I guess Peter's not showing up. And he said, no, sorry, you know. He said, but anyway, just go down there and wait. I said, okay. And there was a guy there, and glasses, and he... He was an old French guy. And he goes, oh, no, monsieur, who are you waiting for? And I go, oh. <laughs> and he goes, oh, 
you never seen Pink Panther? I said, no. I, what, what, what the heck is that? <laughs> what is a Pink Panther? Like, I said, what do you do? I said, I'm a martial artist and a gymnast. I don't go to movies. I've got restaurants to run. I've got, I have no time for movies. So he goes, uh, well, you know, Monsieur Severs, you don't know what he looked like? I said, no. But I heard he's really strange. How so, Monsieur? I said, you know, they told me not to look him in the face, in the eye, don't wear purple, bad luck for him, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And I said, what do you think about all this? I said, listen, if Peter says don't like me, he can piss off. I'm going back to the UK. Then he goes, oh, I am Monsieur Sellers. And I said, yes, and I'm Bruce Lee. And he goes, oh. <laughs> you're very funny, Monsieur, you're very funny. And uh, so, anyway, later on, the chauffeur comes. He was doing the impression of his chauffeur, and he, was, he had makeup on because he, they had to age him. So he was playing an old Fu Manchu guy, right? With gla- glasses and long hair. And he was trying to do an impression of the, so- the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So the chauffeur comes and he goes, eh, Monsieur Sellers, are you ready to leave? He goes, I told you, mate. I'm Peter Sellers. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, does that mean I'm sacked? He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, no, you're, you're good. He said, that was the interview. Believe it or not. That's amazing. It's a true story. And he and I become very, very close friends. And then he call, He goes, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to the, uh, to write an, uh, on a boat to write the romance of Pink Panther. And I want you to be the new Kato. So I said to him, what? Why, why would you want me to be the new Kato? What happened to the old Kato? He goes, well, he can't do martial arts, you know, and, and he can't do his own stunt with you. I can throw you across the room. I can throw you upside down in the wall. It'd be you doing it. You know, no stunt I want. It'd be the funniest thing. And you speak with a Cockney accent. I used to speak like this, mate. You know what I mean, Jeff? All right? And uh, there you go. It'd be really funny. A Chinese guy with a Cockney accent. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's what he said. And he goes, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. So he called me the day he came back. And 10 minutes later, I was the last person on earth to speak to him. And he was dead. Oh, wow. This is real because I verified everything I, t- I told you with, um, with the guy who played Peter Sellers, uh, Jeffy Rush. And mm-hmm. uh, he goes, oh, you're full of shit. And I go, listen, you know, Jeffrey, I don't give a hoot if you don't believe me. I'm telling you the truth. All right, then. What did he say? And I told him what I just told you, right? And then Jeffrey went, oh, my God. You are the last person. Talk to him. Wow. And he goes, how do you know that? I said to him, you know, he said, well, I, he made three phone calls. And I verified the last two phone calls, the last two before, and then there's one more, right? But I don't know who that is, the last one. It was me. So he verified everything I said. He repeated literally saying, oh, where are you going tonight? They asked him, he said, I'm going to Ronnie Scott to hang out with um, the goon, you know, the goon. And they talk uh, to him about that. And uh, and he said, I'm leaving soon. I'm going to get have a shower and leave and go join the boys, you know. And then I told him everything, what I just said. They repeated everything. But he didn't know who that last person was because there was no phone numbers. My, it was my, our restaurant we used Singapore restaurant in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, so he said, and I couldn't get the last number. It doesn't exist anymore. I said, yeah, well, our restaurant moved. We moved our restaurant. So he didn't know who he was. It was me. And wow. He was just shocked, you know. 
Wow. True story, yeah. That's crazy. That's just one of several crazy stories that you have in the entertainment industry. And you've worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. You you were just talking about Peter Sellers, Jack Nicholson, Kurt Russell, Steven Spielberg, Jackie Chan, Sylvester Stallone, and that list just keeps going. Uh, were you ever overwhelmed by the craziness of the business? Yeah, I mean, it is crazy. I mean, you know, the thing is, I, I do, I, I love what I do. So because you love what you do, when most people go to work, I go play, you know. Yeah. So let's go play <laughs> and let's go create some, some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are very structurally, there are things that if you wanted to change in a big movie, it's very, very difficult to just go, you know, I'm just going to change it because I'm the choreographer, right? It's not that easy. You've got to change it. You've got to talk to the, the producer. You've got to talk to the director. And, and once you talk to them, then they can't give you an answer because they got boss themselves to answer to. Then mm-hmm. they've got to talk to the star. Then they've got to talk to the director. Then they've got to talk to the producer. And it's like a circle. And before you get an answer, it could be a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> change a, a, a few moves that makes the thing better. And it could be a week, it could be two weeks before you get an answer. It, it's ridiculous. So sometimes in, you know, a movie like Last Four 2, which I directed and stunt coordinated and uh, fight choreographed, it was easy because I was in charge. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay, we just change it. Uh, I don't have to answer to anybody. I'll just change it, you know? All right. Uh, let me stop you right there because for Bloodsport 2, you aren't credited as the director, but you have a whole different story behind that. <laughs> yeah. So the director that is on IMDb is a guy called Alan Norris. Alan Norris is not the director. I'm the director. And that's, I'm putting the record straight. Um, he's the producer. So he just hmm. paid me money. And how it all started was I was already hired as a second director, stunt coordinator, fight coordinator, actor as well. And uh, when I got there, on the first day we were supposed to go and film, I was called into his room and he said the director has left and gone back home to <laughs> America. And I said, what are you talking about? We're, we're filming like, it was like he's gone back to the hotel, he's packed his bag and he left. So I said, what are we going to do? What does that mean? I mean, the film's finished. He said, well, no. I said, why don't you become a director? And I said, all right, listen, you know, we've got to talk about this. Why did he leave? I want to know why he left. Well, he left because there was only 50 pages of the movie, you know, been written. And I said, well, I can't direct a 50 page. It's a half a movie, you know? And he goes, well, he said, why don't you just write 50 pages? So, okay, uh, you know, all right, give me a week. You know, um, and uh, let me talk to my wife first as well. You know, I said, well, listen, do you, do you like Thailand? Your wife like Thailand? Said, my son, Louis, was young at the time. Said, but he like Thailand? I said, we love Thailand. He said, well, you know, um, how about this? you got 12 hours. Come up what? Or, or I'm going to pull the plug on plus four. Well, 12 hours for 50 pages. Yeah. So I went into my room. A lot of people don't know this because... Because it, they didn't want to freak everybody out that we only got 50 pages. And so they kind of just, so I, I, I got a pencil and then went in my room and I wrote 50 pages because I already got a feel of what the movie's going to be like already. So I made up the story. I made up this up, that stuff, you know. It would say this fighter, Thai boxer, fight monkey. That's it. That's what it says. Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing. And there's 38 fight sequences and they weren't like, okay, you know, five-second fight. They were a bunch of 
two minutes fight. They will punch yeah. you off three minutes fight. They will punch you off, you know, one minute fight. So it, it, you've got to have a story to it. You can't just like, you know. So I said to my wife, what do you think? She goes, let's have a go. We're here, you know. I was in my 20s at the time. And thank God. I mean, honestly, and I got it done. And uh, so here's what happened. We did like the dialogue for five days. And then none of us had visa. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Cause, and I said, listen, I came here to do Surf Ninja years, you know. And I had a visa. So how come I'm doing plus four and I don't have a visa? <laughs> Surf Ninja was with Ernie Reds Jr., Ernie Reds Senior, and yeah. the actor from uh, Airplane, you know. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, there you go. Yeah. So I was a stunt on that as well. I said, I had visa, you know. But how come we don't have visa here? He said, listen, don't worry, I, I, I'm taking care of it with this guy I'm paying him. Anyway, he stopped paying him under the table, and uh, the guy showed up with machine gun. And then he said, you, passport, look, no visa, stand over there. So all the fighters of America, <laughs> we all had, you know, and we had some big, good people, man. They're the best in the world, you know, Chad Sahowski, you know, um, you know, Jeff Wolf and uh, a ton of guys, all great fighters, right? So they're all there. He's like, they're all like come home, you know. And we had to leave, so we had to go to Singapore <laughs> to get a visa. <laughs> right? And we came back. We're supposed to have like you know ten days to shoot all the thirty-eight fights. And he goes, "Listen, you know, my dad told me we're we're running our money. So now that we've gone to Singapore for five days, we've got five days to finish thirty-eight fighting." Holy cow. Out of your mind? He said, Phil, if this movie goes down bad, it's, I'm going to tell everybody that it was you. You <laughs> two, and, and so you better finish it or we're done. You know, we, there's no more money coming in after five days. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll have to think about how to do I said, all right, we're just going to light everything. You know, I light the entire dojo. The, at least we're not going anywhere. And I said, we're going to go from left to right, this direction. Routine number three, come on down. Routine number eight, routine number 31, all going one direction. Because <laughs> I wrote all the fight down with all these guys, right? So there's a bunch of us helping, including my partner, Steve Martinez, who was cast the house he sent it. He was wow. like an encyclopedia of 15 different arts. Like he, he got into, you know, the top, top of the line. I can't name the group that he got into, but he's like the best of the best in the military. And he got into that group. And he, um, he just retired now, I think, like probably January, February. And he knew every, like, Indonesian martial art. Boom. He's an expert because he was Chikundu and he was Danny Instanto's student and also mm. Bruce Lee and the Black Belt. So mm. he knew that style, Wing Chun, you know. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu, he trained with the Gracie, he trained with, he's one of the top students of Gene LaBelle. So, I mean, he has every knowledge. Boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. You know. So, if I wanted a move, I'd just say, hey, give me a move. You know, or Chad, hey, give me a move, I can break someone's neck. And they all have like 10 moves. <laughs> said, Does it work? And he looked at me and go, <laughs> and he'll smile. Yes. Have you used it? Yeah. Oh, yes. He's <laughs> a military guy, yeah. And, uh, and he, so I had all these guys that were around you. You're always as good as your guy, believe me. It's never you doing anything. It's always the people that you surround yourself is the team 
that goes out there, you know. So my team was amazing. And then you got Daniel Bernhard, you know, who's still working and still doing huge shows like Tommy Blonde and on and on. And and uh, John Wick and he's always the bad guy now. He used to be the 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 hero, but he's now doing way way better as a bad guy, <laughs> killing everybody. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so he's, you know, so we had great, great team. Pat Morita, I mean, for crying out loud, who gets to work with the Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, you know, <laughs> in my, at my age, you know, and I get to direct him, you know, it was amazing. And um, so that, so when we, we finished, so I went everything going this direction, and then I mixed it up a little bit, and I said, I'm going to do some handheld, I'm going to, so it didn't look like, you know, everything was exactly the same. It was mm. like I matched the other side, then I then I cut to the audience, then I I got stories in between, then I used handheld, then I did steadicam, then a top shot, and moving shots, and literally we literally work. I'm not joking. Twenty twenty one hours a day, and we were filming on film. It was thirty five million film. It wasn't digital. Right. We finished. I realized we we shot the whole thing in like ten days, literally, and wow. we, I was one of the first to ever done that. It's not. Robert Rodriguez, he claims to do it, but that he wasn't the first guy, you know. And it was not because I wanted to do it because I'm a smart guy. Because it was right. because they said to me, if you didn't finish this, you're out of here, you know. So I finished, and then we were going to do, we're planning to do Plus Four 3 and 4. So Alan said to me, listen, you know, I'm going to have you direct Plus, plus Four 3 and 4, but you got to give me the credit for Plus Four 2. And I'm like, what? As, as a director, because my dad's got a lot of money and he's going to give me more money to do, you know, you make me look good, I'll make you look good, everyone's happy. And I thought, he said, Sarah, come on, you got, you're the second director, Sam Cornetta, Spike Cornetta, co-star. You already got four, four credits, you know, and you're the director of this one, it's five credits, and I'll pay you very well. Why don't you just give me the directing credit and then three and four, you've got, it's yours. You know what? I said, all right, fine. What the heck? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. And then when we started negotiating three and four, he wanted to cut. He said, his dad said, I, I made too much money and he wanted to cut my salary in half. And I said, you know what? I know I suffered on that movie. Believe me, I did not sleep at all. Yeah. Like, it's, and I literally had, I mean, in my 20s, I had white hair. And I had <laughs> three or four white hair. And you know, I get white hair at, at 20s, you know? Right. And I said, I don't want to do it. I, I literally burnt out. I burnt out on, on, on that movie. And I said, I'm oh, sure. But, yeah. Uh, had you directed anything prior to that? Nothing. That was my first. <laughs> but, I, but I have to tell you, prior to that, I have set under Steven Spielberg and Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. I had to train that little kid called Key. So Steven Spielberg said to me, look, every time I see him, I see you. You follow him everywhere, you speak to him in English, you teach him how to fight, teach him do some choreography, simple stuff that you can do. And I said, yeah, no problem. And um, and that was, before that, I met him on Greystoke. I did Greystoke, Tarzan, Lord of the Apes for like a year. I had to train Christopher Lambert. And so Stephen showed up, and I, I didn't know he was Stephen but I didn't know who he was. His name is, I'm Stephen. There's no IMDB, there's no iCarly. <laughs> right. His name is Stephen. I said, well, hi. He goes, I'm doing this movie, Indiana Jones. Robert Watts introduced me to him, the producer of Indiana Jones. And he goes, I heard you're a national taekwondo champion, da, da, da. I said, yeah. I said, can you train him to do this? I said, yeah. The kid. I said, 
And who's the director? He goes, me. I said, you? You can't be the director. He said, why not? He goes, said, you, you look like a kid. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> years old. He goes, I'm a kid. I was like, are you sure you're the director? He goes, yeah, I'm the director. I see, he started laughing, you know. And uh, anyway, so we did that. That was really good. And then he came back. And then he, we did Empire of the Sun. He said, I'm going to give you a your Japanese colonel. You're going to play a part. You're going to teach that kid. You know, he's going to... The little kid is now an Oscar winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, you've got to teach him how to, you know, and do some scenes and do some choreography. I said, great. So I, I worked with Steven Spielberg again, right? So then I got, then I worked with, you know, uh, Ron Howard and uh, on Willow. And his second director was the guy who did Star Wars, <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was like, I was so green. Because he said, he just said his name is George, you know. That's it. Right. What's your name? I'm George. I said, okay. So I'm dangling as a troll, and I'm eaten by the two-headed lion. They call it uh, a dragon. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally 25 feet in here on a piano wire, literally, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm exaggerating, because they're not, they didn't have of a wire remover in those days, right? Right. It was really thin. So I'm like struggling and this, and I come down, up and down, up and down. So finally I said to him, George, uh, what am I doing up there doing this? What is actually eating me? What is actually... And he goes, all right, listen, I'm going to show you. And he took, you know, some photograph and he, he turned the pages and he goes, you see this, this, this dragon, two-headed dragon, they're going to eat you and you, that's why you're doing making all the noise and your body's twitching from left to right and you're swinging. I said, I got it. Okay. I said, have you done this before? He goes, no, actually, my company, Industrial Light and Magic, this is our first effect. Honest <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. This. This is a, you can verify it with, because when I worked with Stan Winston and Industrial Light and Magic was there, when they found out I was doing, I was the guy that, the monster eat the troll and I trained you know with Val Kilmer I trained Val Kilmer <laughs> he goes that was our first one you did our first very first industrial light and magic effects <laughs> wow my little company that you know my little startup industrial light and magic <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was it was the first thing and he um, and he, you know he's not a talkative guy I'm a talkative guy he's not and so he's like Ron Howard is really He's really uh, funny. You know, I'll call him Cunningham. Cunningham? He goes, yes, mom. Every time I, because I know him from Cunningham. <laughs> from yeah. Happy days. Huh? But I did, and he would laugh. And uh, so we had a, and then I had to train Val. And then we became very good friends. And he came and stayed in my house. We, we hang out all the time. So, and uh, I had to train him how to do some sword. And I had to make it a little bit Chinese-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. So you see when he's spinning the sword and all that, he's very Chinese. So I sat with those directors. Then, of course, I probably sat with, you know, I did Batman, you know, for like six months. Yeah. And, uh, the director is one of the biggest directors in the world. And Hugh Hudson on, on Greystoke for a year. And he just won Chairs of Fire for, you know, the Oscar. I know what worked and I don't know, I know what don't work. My mm. school action came from working with these amazing directors. After yeah. I learned all this stuff, that's why I was able to do Plus Four, you know. Uh, learning it, it is one thing, but having to apply it in such a compressed schedule had to be, uh, it, it definitely had to take years off your life. 
Oh, it was insane. That's why I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I just said, you know, I'm just going to do direct, direct action for a while and some corner and uh, just act. You know, so I've done hundreds of movies since then. But uh, it, it was a, an, a, an experience. Now I'm going to go back to it. This is my new, the next 10 years, I'll be directing, producing, writing, mm. creating content, you know, for what we need, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, I've already spent 10 years working nonstop in the UK. And then I did the original Batman and uh, John Peters brought me over here to Tango and Cash, you know. Mm. And, uh, so when I came here, Louis was only a young kid at the time. I think he was like two or three. I loved it so much. I never left, you know. Yeah. Never left. My wife and I, we just stayed here and then we had all our kids here. Uh, I didn't even go home to to sell my property. <laughs> just to sell it. <laughs> take the BMW to my brother. It's a gift. Take it. Take the furniture. I had amazing furniture and I gave it all away. Wow. Tell me about your uh, your uh, your time on Batman. So it was it was amazing. Uh, I had a great time. It was first of all freezing cold, right? That's the, the thing. And it, we were shooting nighttime, like literally for months, like right. maybe five months, six months, you know. And uh, so it kind of does something to your body. Plus weekend, you have to switch it back to daytime, right? So right. you're in jet lag. You feel like you jet lag all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally, mm-hmm. it comes around, you're like, what? You know, you're going to go back to night again. And uh, I was an amazing experience with Michael Keaton because, you know, they didn't have any action, so you know, okay? They had no action. And then one day, this is a, this is a true story. I'm telling you this, what happened, right? So I had this guy who was always, you know, hanging around and he's always funny and he's wearing a pair of shorts and he, he's ponytail and he looked like the hairdresser, you know? And he was passing <laughs> around, you know, with him. And he's a funny guy, but I did not know he was a producer. You know, his name is John Peters. Yeah. And that day, you know, he was watching me do some stuff with one of the uh, heavyweight British champion boxer, right? But he's throwing punches at me, you know. He goes, what you going to do, mate? His name is George, right? And I, he's throwing punches at me. He goes, what you going to do, mate, if I did this? So I kicked him in the leg and I spin hook kick over his head, right? So I do this. And he went, what? And then I run in, low kick him. And he went, oi, 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 whoa, bloody hell, mate. He's like, keep me in the leg. I said, you just ask me what do I do if, I, if you throw a jab at me. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block your jab and kick you in the leg. And I'm going to jump me in the, in the, in the face. <laughs> and then I finished, and, he, and then I did, then he tried to do something. So I did a butterfly out of the way and flipped. And he was, just for fun, because I was freezing cold. That's, that's the only reason I was doing it, just for fun. <laughs> and he goes, bloody hell, mate. So the producer runs over. He goes, yeah. You, what well, you just did that? That was amazing. I want, I want to put that on Batman. And I said, oh, you got to talk to the coordinator, you know, because I'm just acting and doing my own, doing my own stuff. I thought I'm in the goon, Jack Nicholson's goon, right? Right. him. So he was really pissed off at me because even though he's not a martial artist, he goes, "What are you talking to the producer?" I said, "Listen, he's the one to talk to me, you know." I said, "So get out of my face," you know what I mean? Yeah. So he went and choreographed this the British fighting years ago, fighting, 70s, 80s. Right. Left uh, end, right end, they fought, you know, all that stuff. And I, so he did that little thing, right? And the producer is, is, he was like, what the heck is that? 
I don't want that. I want what that Chinese guy's doing. So then, what he wants, what he's doing. I want that, you know? A new wave of muscle up. So he comes over there and he goes, listen, we're in trouble right now, right? We have no action on Batman and it's all dialogue. It's really beautifully shot. Everything is amazing, but no action. Can you just put something together for me? Like some, just something unusual in the back alley, little fight routine. Mm. Put the, the fight routine with the sword, you know, the two swords. Yeah. They didn't have any rubber sword, so we used real ones. <laughs> but, but look, I, I said, look, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. It's a real, like, but they, they will cut you. And I said, well, look, I'm going to have to bring in a double. So I brought in a, a Kung Fu uh, Wing Chun expert called Dave Lee. And so he does Kung Fu, and he, we're a student of Joseph Chang. Uh, who is a student of Vietnam, you know, and yeah. so, you know, we're going to do some, I'll bring him in, the double, you know, and then I put the, the, the fight together, then I brought in um, Master Ken, he can't do flips, so I did all the flips for him, <laughs> and, um, and uh, double him, you know, and we put that sequence together, ended up being in the movie, and, uh, and they said it was one of the best Thing. And we did literally sparks on our, our hand. Yeah. And a couple of times, one time the, the sword missed and hit him in the elbow and cut his elbow. Oh. So, I mean, just a tiny nip. It was just it yeah, was yeah. hard, you know, but still, a real sword. And we put plates, steel plate on the knee and the hand. And I said, listen, you know, we don't have any time and any money at that time yeah, to, to, to well like a, a sword, a double for the sword. So we just use real one. And it works out really good, you know? That sequence was actually really, really great. And, and I think at the time, uh, because superhero movies still weren't a thing, uh, that sequence on screen was like, wow, that, that looks super real. Yeah. And then I did the flip at the end, you know, like 10 flips at the bell tower, remember? I did yeah. all that with the Tony Kill Batman. Yeah. yeah, the made like 280 million. So John was so happy. He flew me over to do Tango in Cash. And yeah. he goes, listen, I want to develop Tango in Cash. You're going to be one of the some designer of the action. And then, you know, technical buys on the show and then I'll give you a part as well. So I'll play the, the gunman on it. So you're going to be working with Stallone and Co. Russell and, and so on. And then, so we had a big, there was a big prison fight. Uh, so I got Billy Blanks on board. I get him. Mm. Start, I hired Benny the Jet. I don't know him, I've never met him, but I'm a fan, you know, I'm already, I'm already a big fan of it. And then, yeah. he become, then he became my sensei for like 10 years after that. That's and awesome. Then, yeah, so we had Richard Bastello, we had, I mean, seriously, we had all the best of the best. And John Peel would just sit there and go, yep, him, yep. I go, you know, that's Benny the Jet, look at that. <laughs> He's the baddest guy on the planet, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Gene LaBelle, you look, oh, look. He's tired. So we had everybody, I mean, it was unbelievable. We had the, and that was my introduction to America, and it was uh, the real time, you know. And then Tango and Cash became very, very successful as well. Yep. And, um, and it made a ton of money, you know. So John brought me to Sony to develop Superman uh, for his company, and then uh, uh, Ali, and then Wawa West, and a bunch of other stuff that we developed. So I became a studio guy for like three, four years until John left the studio, uh, Sony studio. So that was kind of my introduction to America, and, you know, it was surreal, you know? That's really amazing. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, though, this is a different time, so the societal sensitivities weren't 
quite there, particularly for Asian actors, right? I mean, and you know what I mean. When you were an Asian martial artist and you were going to act, there were a couple of roles that you kind of fell into that you weren't necessarily allowed to break out of, right? You were the stereotypical villain. You were, you know, you were Yakuza, you were Triad, you were the goon, you were a ninja. And that's kind of it. Were you aware of that kind of stereotyping at the time? Uh, not really. At the time, you know, uh, of course, you know, I was just, I was just like, hey, I'm happy to be working, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then how I, eventually I came to America and then, you know, I have a, I told you, I have a, a heavy accent, a Cockney accent, but mm-hmm. I do many, many accents. So I go in there and go, hello mate, my name's Phil Tan, nice to meet you. And they look at you and they go, do you do Chinese accent? <laughs> <laughs> That's when I, I, was, I was really pissed off. I was like, what the heck? Right. We for every audition, right? So yeah. eventually I had to go in to the audition with a Chinese accent. Hello, my name is Philip Tan. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, I'm a martial artist. And they go, oh, Chinese. You know, or Japanese. And I'll speak in Japanese. Watashi wa nyongo skushine hanasimasu. Japan. Very nice to meet you. And they're like, oh, he's from Japan. He's the real jit, legit to play a ninja, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is the crazy thing that you had to do. And, you know, you Vietnamese or you're the Koreans and, you know, you have to do a different accent, but I'm a British trained actor. Right. So after, you know, I did Full Manchu, because I made a ton of money. I went into acting school. I trained at Actors Center, went to theater. I went to train for three years and particularly uh, lit school speech and drama in Common Gun. So I started to train, you know, properly, you know, like, and I, so when I came here, it was kind of strange because I thought America was going to be diverse. It, it, it was such a different time. Yeah, it was a different time, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, it's it, every time I said, you know, I, I could play a villain and I could put a English accent. That would be a good villain, a Chinese villain that has an English accent. Wow, no, no, it's got to be a Chinese accent. They wouldn't go with something that I would suggest, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or, or uh, a, a very high, oh, hello, my name's Flip Tan. Would you yeah. like to see with the Queen's English? That would be a good villain, right? And they go, no, 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 we can't do that, no. So they want to, I see in their face, they're like, yeah, they're excited. And then uh, the producer's not going to go for it, okay? <laughs> That's crazy. So, so, yeah, I mean, after a while, you're like, wait a second. I look at my IMDb page and I'm like, wait a second, everything I do, I think I've been a, a, a father, you know, in a comedy once. Right. And everything else is bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, villain, thugs, ninjas, you know. It's laughable. Waiter, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's no doctor. Hello. I went to the hospital. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of Asian doctors and Asian yeah. And we never get represented. You know what I mean? Right. It's true. It's getting better today. It's still not perfect. Um, but do you, as uh, as someone who's been there on the other side, do you appreciate how far we've come in the industry today? As Asians, I mean. Yes, I definitely appreciate it because of, you know, crazy rich Asian. You yeah. know, the director, Don Chu, came out and he had the vision of, look, we're going to do this. It's going to be all Asian. This is my cast. This is what I want, you know. And because of the success of Crazy Rich Asian, it's opened a massive door for all the Asian right now, you know, uh, in this country and around the world. 
because now they're like, wait a second, uh, Asian goes to see movie and they mm -hmm. market. We got to get that market, man. So now the studio is like pulling in Asian, like this this week, literally. I mean, I was in, I was I double for Ken Jong, by the way. So you know, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, we're gonna talk about that for sure. You know, uh, Hangover one, two, and three, and then so Ken took me to my uh, Magnum PI to double for him. So then I came back then and I was in SWAT and now in January being lethal weapon. It was like, you know, boom, 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 one after another. All the doors just opened and I was like, this is crazy. You know, we're so busy. Literally, all of a sudden we became like popular. You know? <laughs> right, and right. We're like, you know, so you know, statistic of Asian, okay? We're like the number one, literally number one or two uh, moviegoers and right. watchers and, and spenders in right. the industry, okay? Yep. And and yes, in the business, we're literally, years ago, it was like 1.5% in the industry that worked. Mm -hmm. And then it's 2%. And then 25 years later, we're now like at like 3 4%. And of the 4% in the industry that worked, 20% of that worked all the time. And I'm one of those. And Lewis and my family. Yeah. Apart from that, it's, it's like dead, you know? And it's like no one employers and uh, they don't put Asian in things so it's like we're like the token Asian in one movie uh, yeah. over 10 movies or 50 movies it used to be yeah. 50 but there's one movie Asian you know right. and um, and we see the same face you know like uh, when we go to the same audition <laughs> you know James Blue Simon Wee all that kind of yeah. audition literally every because you know they don't think of a diverse past right. you know and uh, in America, we are so diverse, and they, that's why people are so mad, you know? Mm -hmm. We feel like we're not being represented, especially the Asian community, you know? Yeah, and this is, again, a big generalization, but when Asians uh, are on screen, typically they're, if they're not the bad guys, they're the emasculated guy that doesn't get the girl, right? Or the, the nerd that uh, is awkward. And it's 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 those stereotypes that Asians were put into for so long. Yes, and and you're absolutely correct. And it's sad to see that because that's not the real world. The real world. My wife, five foot nine. She's a top model, one of the top biggest model in 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 Europe in those days. And uh, she is absolutely drop dead gorgeous, and still is. And uh, she does Muay Thai. And uh, look at our kids all drop dead gorgeous. So in the real world, it's different. I mean, Louis, you know, look at Louis Tan. I mean, beautiful. He used to be a model as well. And, you know, and he ate all different type of women. So, I mean, it's, there's the real world and then there's, you know, the movie industry Asian world. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to correct that, you know? Yeah. And we're doing stuff now because I feel that, you know, the only way to do it, Hollywood's not going to change. They're going to change when you start to define your our future you know the Asian's gonna come up and say you know what I'm gonna write our own stuff we're yeah. gonna tell our story you know yeah. and they're all that are doing that now you know what I mean you know yeah uh, you know one of them the forerunner now is you know John Chu he's coming up and he's going look this is what we need to do you know what I mean yeah. and I, I wish and hope that there are directors Asian directors you know like the John Woo that will go listen I'm gonna get a story that I think we have an all Asian cast, like 
know, somebody gave me a script the other day. It was amazing, called Genghis Khan, and it's all Asian cast. One uh, one white character in the whole show, but the script is phenomenal. So Universal is interested. Right. A million dollar movie. We're going to be looking for a director soon. So and uh, you know, like it's a incredible love story with battles. Like in, it, it's like a brave heart on crack cocaine. You know, <laughs> cool. <laughs> amazing, amazing story. But these are kind of stuff that I think you know we need. You know, and there is a massive market out in China which no one seems to be able to tap into. You know, yeah. we make movies on both sides where we can right. act, show it on both sides. You know what I mean? Instead of just only well, only China will show it, and then yeah. we make movie. Oh, only America show it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's silly. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let me let me play off of that for a second because were you ever a fan of the old classic Hong Kong martial arts movies? Absolutely, Hot Boyle, Jackie Chan, Snake and Eagle Shadow. Yeah. When I was growing up, those were the shows that I watched as a kid, and that that was part of my youth. And in the seventies and eighties, that was a really important part of the culture of America at the time. It was a huge part of American culture, uh, and Asians had this little. A cachet of respect because uh, you know everybody was kung fu fighting, right? So yeah, thanks. that was because of Bruce Lee. You know, he yeah. came out with, and you know, of course, Jackie Chang and Drunken Master. Everyone's like, oh, I want to be like Bruce, or oh, I want to be like Jackie Chang. You know, but we never see this Asian that is on uh, on TV. But right. I did see it when I was a kid, and I remember mm-hmm. Long Street. You know, like Jackie Chang was, uh, uh, Bruce Lee was did that jumping front kick. You know. And, yep. the, and I was like, who is that guy? It was Bruce Lee. I was like, there's an Asian guy, you know what I mean? Like, because you exactly. see all the time. You never see American shows go, oh, look, there's an Asian that can do martial arts. Never, you know? And, and then when I was like 15, you know, I watched Into the Dragon and then, and I saw Bruce Lee, I go, man, I want to be like this guy, you know yeah. what I mean? Right? Yeah. And everybody wanted to be like that guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was, it was a, he was one of these very few that the black, the Latino, the Asian, all want to be him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, got a friend of mine, like you know, from England, and they yeah. they they try to emulate him and copy his moves and nunchucks and talk like Chinese, you know. <laughs> and, uh, a friend of mine, John Brown, he he tried. He's like, you know, he's a black guy that wants to be Bruce Lee. Yeah, and you could you see him. He yeah, he, he chops big. He speaks Chinese. He he does an amazing martial artist. And there's a bunch of these guys around. You know, and I get it because I want to be Bruce Lee too. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, and that's what I find so interesting because everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee, and then all of a sudden the scene shifted somewhere, attitude shifted, action movies changed, and it became leave the martial arts to the to the Asians, and then somehow we got relegated to just being being the bad guy. Yes, you know, and and look, the writer, you know, it's all to the writers, the producers. They're the ones that pull the shots, right? You write, and generally they write what they know. If you don't know something, right, you're not going to write it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think in this world, day and age, where writers need to meet, you know, a diverse friends. They need diverse friends that you get to understand their culture, get to understand, you know, their lives, to be able to write about them. So yeah. what they think is, this is what Asian people do, and this is what Asian people you know, uh, like, dislike, they're gangsters or they're thugs, they sell drugs, 
and they're back, you know. And so that's the typical Hollywood way of thinking. And it went on for, to the 70s, 80s, 90s, and I think it's slowly starting, beginning to change. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, like the, the films like Crazy Rich Asian again, you know, mm-hmm. so, oh, these guys, they party, they have fun, They're, they get, you know, beautiful women. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely uh, signs of it changing, right? Just uh, with a show like Into the Badlands that's, you know, helmed by Daniel Wu. And uh, there's a very diverse cast and a very diverse crew. Louis Tan is on the show. Uh, and, you know, that at least is one example of Asians being front and center without having to resort to those stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, because Daniel Wu really got, you know, a name. And so he went and got, you know, some money and got some backers backing him and he's like I want to do this and they're like okay you know what I mean and yeah. he cannot come along and did that there's no one that's going to go oh we're going to write something you know what I mean they're starting beginning to now you know who we assassinated you know and they're going hey because of the success of you know other shows like like Into the Badland you know these showrunners are like hey we're going to write our own version of supernatural martial art stuff yeah. so they yeah came up with Wu Assassin, which will come out next year in Netflix. But, uh, and again, you know, Louis Tan is in it. Yep. Uh, and so I, I think it's beginning to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, uh, if this resurgence does happen, it's definitely going to be led by the guys like Louis and people in that generation. But all these young guys stand on the shoulders of giants like you, who came before and paved the way. Now, how did you prepare Louis for the industry? So what happened was I was doing a movie called China Crime and uh, it was kind of like a uh, about a Christian woman that was taken by the Chinese communists and they tortured her for her beliefs you know it's a drama you know mm-hmm. uh, a fake movie it was made for 3 million but it made 40 million right in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Christian community and so they needed a, a half Asian kid I just happened to have a half Asian kid right so <laughs> and I said to look, look you know do you want to do this? Because I don't want him to do it out of, like I'm forcing him to do it. You know, he's yeah. only like at that time two or three. So the condition was, is that he likes it, that he wants to do it. And uh, you have to pay him, just give him some toys, you know, and we'll <laughs> you know, take him to Hong Kong. And cause Does that still work? Does that still work on him? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but he got his back card though, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he... Um, I said, as long as he enjoys it, you know what I mean? He has to fall down a hill, like kind of like get some tumble and then look up and then he sees Hong Kong and he's got to be surprised. He's got to act surprised. So, so we did it and he was like a natural, you know, he was like, oh, you know, act surprised and, and play, all right, in this scene you have to play with toys and well, your mom, you know, having an argument and so it was so natural for him and he really enjoyed it. And he just continued doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like, then he started, when he got older, he uh, trained seriously, you know, uh, for the last 10 years. He's been training, 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 and uh, training in martial arts, training in acting. So, you know, that was great. <laughs> Were you ever tempted to guide him down a different path? You, we talked about it a little bit earlier. You, you said, you know, you weren't necessarily trying to push them towards acting. So were you ever tempted to say, Louis, don't do this. Go go be a doctor. Uh, no, no. We we always encourage our kids to do whatever they want to do. E- even if they don't want to go to college, we, we will not 
forced it. He said, do you want to do it? You know, because I, I said, you know, I want to go to college. He goes, no, I want to, my college will be, I'm going to go to acting school. I'm just giving an example, you know, and then he would go to acting school five, you know, four to five days a week. And he would train three, four, five hours a day. And then he would go to the gym. Then he'd go to, you know, do martial arts classes. So that's, he goes, what's the point of me getting a degree in, let's say, economics, and I'm never going to use it. And and he, it's true because a lot of the kids nowadays are doing that because their parents want them to do it. Mm-hmm. Kids, you know, I'll become an accountant. They do that, you know, or a lawyer or something. And they don't want to do that. They actually want to be in a business, in the film industry. So they don't use their... <laughs> I have a friend of mine, you know, he's a degree in business and he's a stuntman. I think, what's the... You know, why did you do that? To study all that and pay like uh, almost a hundred grand. And my dad wanted me to do it, you know? And they become stuntmen, you know? Nothing <laughs> wrong with that, but it's just... What a waste of money and time, you know? Sure. So I don't... That's the last thing I want to... You know, my dad wanted me to be in the restaurant business. We have uh, several successful restaurants in the UK, mm-hmm. and uh, and they make you know multi-million-dollar restaurants. Yeah, each one of them are very expensive. And I, if I wanted to just be a manager or take over the restaurant, I, you know, it'd be a, a life commitment. You know, so no, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it already. I've already done it. I don't want to do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speaking about the martial arts, on your fight coordinating and your stunt coordinating, what about the martial arts that you learned do you bring to the action to make it look good? So I think I think that uh, martial arts has different ways, so you understand. You know, it, it, it can, you know the willow is a different uh Style. Then you Indiana Jones is a different style. Then you know you got Tango and Cash. You know more like a cop style. You know and so mm-hmm. and and there are waves, as in like um, you know Umpar came up with you know the Thai boxing style, right? You know yeah. And and now it's the Indonesian style. You know yeah. So and then you know John Wick, Chad said you know there's judo. There's not a lot of judo, so he put some judo in there, a lot of judo in that. And then when he did the Matrix, it's all wusu, so wusu was mm. popular. And then at some point, wusu kind of fade out. Now it's MMA, jiu-jitsu, right? Yep. So you felt you could gotta know a little bit of everything, and then you mix it up, and then you gotta tell a story in the fight. And that's for me, it's more important, you know, because there is no no move that never been done. They all been done, you know. And I, when I work with Summer Hong on uh, martial law, you know, he said to me, you know, because I wanted to pick the brain, you know, because you're working with one of the best uh, martial arts in the world. Yeah. And then I Jackie Chang, you know, for, for weeks on end, you you want to pick his brain. You don't want to, you want to like just drop everything you know, you know about the business and pick his brain and get as much information as I can. So that with that information, for my future, I will be able to make and choreograph action um, you know, like them or even yeah. better. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can do better than Summer Home, but anyway, but at least you <laughs> try, okay? At least you can try, huh? Now, and, and uh, speaking of Summer Hung, you've got a story of where you uh, actually got to throw down with him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a big fight for the, and the, and the, the opening act of uh, the, the the premiere, and so we had a big fight, and 
and you know he's an actor, right? So you know I didn't I just kicked him and uh, not caught, you know. I just kicked him and he, he's supposed to go flying, right? And he goes, Philip, you gotta hit me hard. <laughs> everything, everything you've got. And I said, I said, Samuel, I'm a Muay Thai fighter. If I hit you, I'm gonna, you'll feel it. All the way. He said, no, I am 200 and, I think it was like, pounds. I said, what are you, 100? At that time, it was like 135 or 25 pounds. I'm still, I'm now like 138, but I was like, <laughs> but my kicks were very, very good. He didn't know that. Uh, I said, give me everything. I said, are you sure? You want everything? Yes, everything. I said, okay. So we're fighting, fighting, fighting. And the last move, I went, bang, he goes flying. He flew like five feet across the room. And he landed and he goes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> very good. It's too hard to go 50% of that. He said, I think it's so hard. I said, come on, I told you I'm a real fighter. I fight in the wing. I'm the Taekwondo champion. And um, I learned from Korean. Oh, they got amazing kicks, right? And Benny the Jet, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it was funny, and then we became very good friends. By the way, we went out and had, you know, uh, had dinner, and uh, we we're very good friends. Then I get to meet with Jackie Chang, my hero as well, another yeah. legend, and I get to meet with him, and we're fighting, and and I'm like, I had to go for one audition with the, the guy who's his left hand, then the guy that is his right hand guy. And then final audition is Jackie Chan. And then yeah. you, and then he'll, I didn't know, no, I've been audition. He, they said, do this, do this, do this. They'll give you like 20 moves. And they said, you got it? And they don't show you. They just tap, say, I block this, I block that. You look at the gun, rush the wrestle. Look at the gun. Look at the knife. Jump. You know, kick, kick, punch, spin, hook it. Got it? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and if you don't get it right away, yeah, you're in trouble. I got like 19, right? And I missed one. He goes, Philip, you didn't look at the gun going across the room. Oh, okay. Got it. And Jackie would say, and he said, let's do it in. Boom. Do it. And we'll just, like literally, <laughs> the second time he says it, we're doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and you don't get it quick. You're not going to. And then he goes, oh, block there. Oh, too hard. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, you know, like, I'm blocking him. Not hard at all. I'm actually... He goes, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm in so much pain, my body, I've broken this, I've broken that, I've broken every part of my body. If I go hard with you, I go hard with him, there's no Jackie Chan left. Right. Right. And I laughed, I said, you know, I work with Summer Hong, and he wants me to hit him hard. He goes, I know, you know why? I said, no, why? He goes, because Summer is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I absolutely believe that because uh, Richard Norton was a, a guest of mine and he talked about uh, fighting Samo and uh, Samo Hung said, you know, if if you're going to punch me, punch me hard. And Richard took a punch from Samo Hung for a scene and uh, I don't think he was expecting uh, the the hit to be as hard as Samo delivered it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hope that uh, Richard returned the favor because Richard is <laughs> a very good friend of mine. And we trained together at the Jet Center for years. Ah, right? yeah, yeah. And he's a real fighter. And he will probably go, okay, well, we turn that. Listen, it's so funny because I was talking to Jackie Chang and he, he was talk, he was mentioning about Benny the Jet because I said, I trained with Benny. Go, oh, Benny. Benny's he's crazy fighter, crazy. He hit so hard, I, I saw stars. I said, what do you mean? He said, I told him to hit me, right? So I put like some stuff on my, on the, 
they put like cotton wool or something. He said, right. I'm going to do a slow motion, but you got to really hit me. So he said, he said, you want me to really hit you? He said, yeah, but kick me. And I'm going to really slow the camera down and it's going to be amazing shots, you know. This is in the 70s where they were crazy. They were hitting each other. Right. You know, and slowing it right down, right? So he said, okay. So I hit him. He said, Philip, I saw stars, man. I saw <laughs> So then Jackie has to hit Benny. Benny goes, oh, here we go. Oh, man. So he had to put cotton wool. Benny said, man, he hit me so hard. I've never been hit so hard. I did not know he had that kind of power. Because I'm a real fighter, and you know, but Jackie hit me so hard, dude, I was like hurting for days. So, but I never tell him. I'm just go, yeah, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm like, my legs going. <laughs> I'm fine, you know. Benny's never gonna tell you that, you know. He's like, you know, how many times world champion? Like 15, you know, 49 and 0 or something. Yeah, and he is seven-time world champion. So he 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 laughed, you know. They laugh about it now because they, both of them are like established fighters and uh, in their own right, in their own career. So Jackie told me that on, on the set, I was laughing my head off, man. And I'll tell you, he's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. That's he cool. Is who he is, just like that. No air about him. He's That's like amazing. Cool. Yeah, he's just you know he will he's sweeping the floor. I said, what are you doing? Like, not one minute. He's sweeping the floor for like five minutes, you know. I said, I have to get all the pebbles out. Because if I miss one, I know I'm going to fall on it. 100%. <laughs> Come on. You're like a $15 million guy. I said, you've got people here that can sweep it for you. No, no, no. I have to do this. <laughs> Everyone's watching him. It's like, you know, I think it's therapeutic for him, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the old school Jackie Chan. You know what I mean? And yeah. Then, and he's getting his food. He's eating his squat. Spotting, you know, I'm like, Chucky, there is like, we have 20 tables here. You could use one of the tables, you know? <laughs> oh, it's very comfortable. It's like, it's like old school Hong Kong style. Yeah. And I'm in the street of Hong Kong eating It's the funniest thing, man. That's funny. So what about your training nowadays? Do you still train? Absolutely. I, um, like I went back to the gym, I was doing flips, somersault, you know, round of back flip, round of... You know, back to back front. Right now, flip. like today. I'll send you, a, later on when we get off the phone, I'll send, I'll send you a, a video a week ago. So I just wow. do just so that I can do it, so that I can show my kids and go, son, there's your, your old man, he can still do this. So what's your excuse? To <laughs> 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 you know, butterfly, you know, and you know, spin and hook kick, and you know, butterfly, 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 head spin, head spin. I just keep up with it, you know, because I talked to Jackie and he said to me, look, if you don't stress, this is what he said to me, you got to stretch and just train clever. Do your movements slower, train your kicks slower. Don't, you don't have to be like in your 20s where everything's going to be fast and powerful and explosive. Just train a little slower and then, but repetition and keep it up. Don't mm. do anything, not stretching, you lose all your skill. And he told me, I'll never forget it. It's like, oh, you know, now it's been 2.06 when I met him. And I said, you know, you're, okay, you're right. So I kept it up. I kept it up two, three times a week. I go training. I don't just go, I used to just go weightlifting, running, you know, and, and that's it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and now, no, I go and kick the bag. Then I do shutter boxing. Then I do flips. And then, and then I go weights, you know, and I'm stretching. So I keep it up. 
so that I still can do stuff and still That's awesome. want to follow me. No problem. I have no problem. I, I follow thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands around. So my timing is very, very good. Like, because you don't forget that, you know, maybe right. I have the power. I don't have the kind of power anymore, but my timing is still good, you know? <laughs> you know, um, there is a sparring story that uh, Lewis shared with me uh, about a time where he got in trouble uh, and you taught him a lesson that he did never forget. <laughs> do you know what that story is? Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did your training, uh, your approach to training, did that filter down to Lewis? D- does he understand the the importance of putting in the work and, and putting in that effort? Yes, he does now. And I think, you know, it goes with maturity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're younger, you don't really appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it. And I'm sure he didn't appreciate it. You know, because I would tell him to go train hard. And he go, no, I'll be fine. Once I get a job, I'll train. And, and he would train. You know, he did. He trained for fights. And, and then, you know, he did, like, I think three fights. And then, and then he goes, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. I like, cause, because of the training. You know, he, 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 the training... Because after you're going for a fight, you go train every day, six, five, six hours, seven hours a day, six day, six weeks, and then you go in the ring, and then he wins, and then you go up day one, he goes, I don't want to fight anymore. I said, Why do you want to fight me? Because the training is too hard. I said, That's what it is. It's it's hard training, and you train hard so that you don't get beat up in the ring or get knocked out, and you can win. I said, That's what you need to do. You got to train like a champion. You got to think like a champion, train like a champion, and train with other champions. And yeah. then you become a champion. You can't like train. You know, once a week and then go, oh, I, I can do this now. It's not going to, it doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and as he got older, and then, you know, he went and trained with Chad Southfield. That training was very, very hard. And, uh, you know, he didn't mess around. It's like three hours of, like, you know, you literally want to throw up when you're walking, you're going to the freeway, you want to throw up because the training is that hard, you know? <laughs> okay. I mean, Keanu reset it, brother. Literally, he, he throws up every time he goes training and then comes back the next day to do it again and he wasn't wow. hey he was just putting his own he was getting putting his time in Keanu you know because yeah. he wants to you know and uh, if they can't afford to give him a ton of money just to train for six months you know what I mean or he comes in and shows up with all the sun guys that's why he's so good and yeah. then he goes and then he, he goes I go down the freeway, freeway and I want to throw up and I know <laughs> how he feels and Lewis knows how he feels they will believe me because he's very tough trainer but you yeah. can't uh, be any good if you don't train hard. And I think that the, the younger guys, you know, and apart from the MMA guys, the younger guys that are hungry in the business, they want to do an hour or two hours and, okay, we got it, you know. And you can't. That's why Jackie is who he is. Because yeah. he was, you know, literally went to that school and they literally beat him in training, you know. They, yeah, they well, on him. They beat him with canes and stuff. <laughs> you know? And some was the same, you know? And they train eight to, tw- I think he said like 12 hours a day. Yeah. It's ridiculous, you know what I mean? And that's why they are, they put in the work. You've got to put in the work. And if you don't put in the work, you're not going to be, you're good, but you're not going to be the best. You right, know? Right. You just work and mediocre. You know what I mean? You know, like um, Tony Jaw, what with Tony? Tony was just a stuntman when I worked with him. And I was doing a movie called Bangkok, and I met Tony on set, and he, he didn't speak very good English. But one day, they said to me, hey, um, what's this? I want to show you something. And my friend Stuart Kwan was there as well. He's a national taekwondo champion. 
from America. We were doing this movie, and then he ran, and he jumped up in the air, did a front kick on a tree, the leaf of a tree, like 10, 12 feet in the air. And I'm not mm. sure, at least 12 feet. He did a fast somersault and landed on one foot. And I'm looking, going, is this a trick? He's got a wire, right? I, I didn't see the wire. That's amazing. So I walked towards the tree to look at the wire. You know, like, it, it's humanly impossible that he got his leg up there, you know. And I'm looking at it going, this is unbelievable. It's like at least 12 feet, you know, 10 to 12 feet. And I said, can you do that again? I need to film it. <laughs> so he did it again. He ran in, you know, reverse back somersault, kicked the lead back somersault, landed on one foot. And I said, listen, I was like the fourth lead, the lead bad guy in the movie. I said, you should be the lead actor in this movie. He goes, no, 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 it's you, it's you. You know, he's like, and then like, I encouraged him to do it. And uh, two years later, Hong Park came out. And he did wow. <laughs> Yeah. And he was just a stuntman. He was one of my stunt guys. And I was stunt coordinating, team director uh, on this movie called Bangkok, you know, with yeah. He's one of the top stunt coordinator in, uh, in Bangkok and uh, in Thailand. And so he was just another up-and-coming stuntman who's a nobody. But when I saw his skill, he was like, butterfly photo, butterfly photo, butterfly photo, line on one four, what, three, four in a row. This is years ago. Wow. I was like, God, this is amazing. You know, you're amazing. I mean, they, I mean, he, the height that he got and the skill was amazing, you know, blew me away. So anyway, you've got these guys now, now you've got Eco coming out, he's an amazing talent. I've never met him yet, but my son's going to introduce me to him soon, but I'm a, a big fan of his work. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, you, you have these guys like Chester Halsey, who, again, he did all his work. He, he could do with Danny, you know, and Santo, and, you know, and uh, grappling, and he, he, he put in the work. It's not, they just, these guys just came out from nowhere. David Leach is now, you know, Atomic Blonde, and Deadpool uh, 2, and he put my son in there, a shutter star, you know, could see him with a kid yeah. Now, Chad and David Leach wanted to work with him, and uh, they saw incredible potential. They said he's going to go all the way to the top, you know. And awesome. And they knew that. that they, they said to me, I want to work with him. I want to... There was no opportunity at that in that time. He was only young, and and then um, came, you know, uh, Deadpool 2, and David called him secretly. But he don't even tell you that because I can't, you can't tell him anything. Because, you know, Marvel has got a 40-page contract. He said, they'll sue everyone, you know, so please. And I, he didn't even tell me. He, I didn't know where he went. He said, I have to go do a movie. I said, what did it call? He said, I can't tell you. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I found out from his guys, you know. I know all his guys and all, all the 8711. Yeah. He, they, we, we work together all the time. So they secretly told me, you know. He said, Louis didn't even tell me. He said, he can't tell you. He signed it secretly. That's awesome. What about, what about for you then? Are there any other career goals that you're chasing? Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be directing uh, a movie called L.A. Gangs. And uh, it's about a man who helps gang kids come out of gangs. After his own son got shot in the drive-by, and he uses boxing and kickboxing. And then they sign peace treaties. They don't kill each other in the street in L.A. And it's uh, based on the true story of Blinky Rodriguez who, and Lily Rodriguez, who is Benita Jeff's sister. Mm, okay. So it's a true story. So I'm going to pursue that, and then I'm developing a bunch of 
TV series and other movies that we're developing. Um, that one, I really got a direct uh, producer on board called Takatuli. So, you know, we're developing other stuff with Lewis and my other son, um, with Taka and my wife, Joanne. So that's going to be not too distant future, you know. It sounds like a, a tan Hollywood takeover. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we just do our stuff and uh, be creative and hopefully it will rub off and all the other, the, the rest of the community. Uh, we are a very creative family, everyone. I mean, they'll sit down and we'll start writing stuff and then my son will pitch me something and then I go, that's really good. I'm going to take that to, uh, you know, well, my wife. Go, oh, I've got a, just a producer. We'll pitch it to them. We're going to get it funded. And they already said yes, so they're interested in doing it now, so we're developing. So that's where we're going. And then Lewis and I will do something together. I'll direct something for him, and we're developing that as well. So, you know, it, I love action, but I don't just want to do action. I want to do action. I want to do action with a love story, mm. a, um, a message, you know, a hero message or something, like a Marvel story. So. Yeah. I don't want to just do anything. That's why I've turned down a lot of stuff. And my wife's like, what are you doing? Why do you keep turning things down? I'm like, I don't like the script. I don't want to be another guy who is an action director going into directing and fail because I picked one script. You know what I mean? At least i got to like it, you know? And if I like it, I think the audience is going to like it. And uh, I think that's more important to have quality of work and not just take a, a job because it's, oh, I'm directing something and it's a paycheck, you know. I can yeah. do paycheck all day long. I'm, I'm already making the money. I'm semi-retired. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing very, we're very comfortable. So I don't want to just do anything, you know what I mean? I want to do something that has substance and I always run it with Lewis. I run it through my wife and go, what do you think about this? And if Lewis goes, yeah, the script stuff. I said, okay. <laughs> make it better or he'll say this is really good you know let me interject some uh, ideas for you and then he'll he might have a go at writing you know he'll but he writes as well and he directs yeah mm-hmm. don't know that you know but that's going to be the next step eventually in the near future and he's very 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 good at it the people don't know that you know but he's concentrating on his acting right now and then uh, eventually we will do something together you know that's awesome Best of luck with all that stuff. Um, where can my audience go to find out uh, all of the stuff that you have going on? <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I just post some stuff on Instagram, uh-huh. you know, and my Facebook, Philip Tan. But honestly, I don't post the stuff that I'm developing, and uh, and I'm, you know, because I just feel that uh, when it comes out, then they'll know. You know what I mean? Excellent. Okay. You know, I, Fair I enough. We're just developing. A bunch of stuff and uh, uh, with attorneys and uh, and when it comes out, you know, definitely I'll let everybody know. I think the best thing to do is, because I think if you post it too quick, then I think you know um, exploit it for the audience. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. You know, and then the the, I, I, the ideas are so good, people are going to try and copy it. Yeah. Like they're going to try and make a similar thing. You know. Uh, and it just, you know, it just never got going. I mean, like, like I'll give an example. Years ago, I'm always so far ahead. Sometimes a blessing and sometimes a curse. And what I mean that is, there was a thing that I, I developed with, a, with called the Legend of, of Dark Samurai. 
and is a a black superhero, right? Mm. Two years ago, so I shot a little trailer, and I went to AFN, showed it to some people, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! That's great! I love to do. It. I want to. I'll give you twenty two episodes, but you're gonna make him a white guy." And I said, "What? What do you mean? He, he's, a, he's a black guy. He's a black superhero. No, no, no. He's gotta be a white guy." I said, "Why does it have to be a white guy?" I said, "Well, because at that time they're they're telling me, you know." Black superhero don't sell. And right. I go, look, what are you talking about? I said, I just came from Family Matters. Look, it was Bruce Lee. I car I said, and it was, you know, 12, 15 million views across the United States every week. I said, and that episode, especially the action with Urko playing as Bruce Lee, was 15 million views <laughs> per episode. So what right. are you talking about? And they couldn't get it. And I said, you know, I'm going to walk away from the table. Thank you very much. You don't want, to, you don't want an African-American superhero? Fine. Now, look at it. You know, look at, the, you know, they got, you know, Black Light. Right? Panther. I mean, come on. I was so... <laughs> I, I'll show you the, the, the real someday. You're going to see this superhero. And we shot it on film. And so effects was like, not that great because we didn't have any money for effects. It just, you know... We were doing like the, the hand go boom like this super, the Kung Fu superhero years ago where they palm and the guy goes flying. <laughs> we were always doing that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, we were developing that, you know what I mean? And nobody wanted it, you know? They wanted to change it and make it a, you know, a white superhero. And I said, you know, I went to the toy shop, Toys R Us, and it's all white toys. I said, there's no black toys, there's no Asian toys. Yeah. Yeah. I said, come on. You know, we got to... I'm thinking outside the box. I want to see things that are not there, and I want to go, okay, this is not happening. I want to make it happen. I want that's to awesome. That people, and that's how I try, I train my kids to think that way. Don't yeah. keep thinking in the box. Think outside the box, where people go, whoa, that is pretty cool. And it's, you know, TV is amazing now. I mean, there's so many amazing stuff on, on Netflix and Amazon. I mean, and Hulu, and it's, I, I think it's got so good that it's overtaking the, the movie industry. Yeah. You know? There's, there's definitely a movement, and, uh, and I know that Lewis is very active, and, uh, he's embraced his role in being part of that movement, uh, and, uh, that's a testament to you, because, uh, obviously you've, you, you've set that, uh, precedent. Yeah, I mean, I always say to my kids, just think outside the box, be creative, you know, and don't, you know, I would say to my kids, don't do things for money, you know? And, uh, like, Louis turned down this contract the other day because he didn't like the script, and it was, like, you know, for a top major network. And it's big money, man. And he goes, I said, before I turned down that, just read it. So he gave it to me and my wife. And I said, oh, man, that script's not very good. It's, it's actually really hokey. And we both, all three of us said the same thing, and he declined. And he had it taken the money, he would have been a very rich man, but, but he doesn't do things for money, and he goes, and I said, well, sometimes you got to take things for money. I said, look at Andrew Jolene, won an Oscar, did Tomb Raider, by the way, I was the fight choreographer on that, and mm. and, uh, for, and my son called was Simon Crane, he did all the James Bond, and uh, we had two fight choreographers on that show, Andrew Jolene did a, won an Oscar, and then they paid, whatever, 10, 20, 15 million dollars for Tomb Raider, right? So sometimes you got to take things for money. But in this situation, you're making the right decision. Just turn it down. It's wow. not good. So he, he would turn it down. And he would do something that he believes in. Like, 
you know, he, he thinks Into the Badlands is amazing, and it was, you know. I went on set, by the way, we, we travel over there, um, Lewis, Lewis over there uh, with my wife, and then we went on the set to visit, you know, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll work with them soon, those guys, and uh, That's cool. one, one of the directors on there. Oh, uh, awesome. You know, we're, we're developing stuff right now that I, we feel that the audience is going to want to see, and, and hopefully one day we're trying to develop Lewis into like a Asian Jane Bond, you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Cool. That's Very cool. Stuff I want to see as an, as an Asian, you know, uh, artist. But honestly, if you do something, it shouldn't be because, hey, you are a person of colors or you're, or Asian descent. It should be the quality of the work. Yeah. You should look at the person and go, you don't look at Will Smith and go, oh, he's a black artist. He's an incredible actor. That's yeah. what I look at. Now, I don't look at him and go, oh, you know, he's African-American uh, actor. I don't look at that like that. I look at him as an amazing guy. I work with him on Wild West. I know how amazing he is and, and what a gentleman he is and what a giving man, you know. And so I love that about him. You know, he doesn't look at that and he... Loves people. He loves working. He loves interesting projects. You know, and that's how it should be. It shouldn't be, you know. Let's like the studio should know. Like, okay, when I went into the UK, right, I went into a job. I I would see a white guy going to the same job I'm going for, and a black guy, and Asian, and Latino, and we will be in the same room, going for the same role. Mm. Don't go like, oh, he should only be Asian. There'll be all Asian people. Okay. And it shouldn't be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Oh, years ago, I used to, when I was over there, I've been back there for a while, except to see my, my parents and my, my family. There's like a couple hundred hands over <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in uh, the UK, in London. And then there's also 100, 150 in Singapore. You know? And then there's, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we breed like rabbits. <laughs> and, uh, and China too, by the way, from Lund, my uncle, which I haven't even gone there to see them. They got hotels over there. We haven't even seen them. And uh, so we are a very big family. I don't want us to sound like, oh, we got to use. But you know what? If the Asian, if we don't have a superhero that they can relate to, then by God's grace, we're gonna make it happen. We're going to, we're gonna create. We're gonna you know, do whatever we can do to get make that happen, you know. And I think that's caught on that, you know, yeah. that um, they can be an Asian superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know? I think that I think that's on its way with Shang-Chi from Marvel, so we'll see if that happens. I hope to God, you know, yeah. and uh, we can, I can get on it and uh, try to work on it on it somehow. I love that's it. Fantastic. So I like to work on different things and see how the film industry... You're not going to believe this, right? This is the honest truth. Next year, right, I will be in the business 40 years. Wow. Okay. So, I'm going to say this to you. I feel that my career is about to get started. That's amazing. Because I'm excited for the next 10 years, what's going to happen. And I don't, I, you know, most people 40 years, uh, you know, it's time to slow down, time to retire. I'm excited because I can see the future of what's going to happen and I'm, I'm going to be a part of that, making it Very happen. cool. My sons, all my, my kids, all excited. 
and that's how I feel. You know. Wow. This is listen. This has been an amazing. An amazing conversation. I, I I didn't know that this was gonna take this long. I have take I've kept you for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I it, it's a pleasure. I felt we've been talking for like fifteen minutes. You know. Oh, it it, it was a, an amazing journey through your stories, uh, and uh, like you said, you feel like it's just about to get started for you. I am thrilled just to be able to talk to you and 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 get. Uh, just a little bit of uh, of knowledge on where you've been and uh, where you're going. Um, talking to Lewis is always great. Uh, he's an inspiring character. I can see where uh, where his inspiration comes from. So I, I want to wish you the best of luck as you guys continue on with this journey. I hope to be able to get you guys back on and uh, and talk to you guys some more and see how exactly you're bringing some of your positive energy to the changes that uh, that really this industry uh, needs. And uh, I'm glad that you guys are doing it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for Kung Fu Driving Podcast. I really appreciate it. And anytime you guys have time and you want to check in, it will be our pleasure. Oh, awesome. Philip Tan, thank you so much for, for taking some time out. Uh, I, I do apologize for keeping you so long. but Oh, listen, no, not at all. No, it's like, my yeah. pleasure. My pleasure. I don't normally do interview and, uh, you know, it's something I don't do and I don't know why. I just don't do it. <laughs> and but my son asked me, you know, why you need to, you need to do this interview. And I said, okay. And I kind of put it off for a while and I apologize for putting it off <laughs> because I just throw my work, work for, you know, work for itself. And I just, I, I honestly have not done. It's like my first interview in years. It's just, have, I just work and work and work and not really do. <laughs> I, I'm I'm absolutely honored that uh, that you took some time out to talk with me. And again, this was an amazing conversation. Uh, you are an inspiring dude. Thank you so much for for all the work that you're doing that you've done. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what's gonna come down the road from you and from Lewis and uh, from the whole Tan Takeover. So uh, best of luck with everything, sir. Thank you. And uh, you know, it's just funny. Uh, you- I saw this uh, thing that you did. You had a, my Kung Fu is better than yours. I actually have a t-shirt, which I shirt one day when I see you, and it says that. My Kung Fu is better than yours. And it's, and it's loosely, and, and I think it looked like Jackie Chan or, it, no, or Benny the Jet, right? And That's funny. My Kung Fu is better than yours. One of the, <laughs> <laughs> I have a t-shirt, an old one, the really old t-shirt I've had for like 15 years, and I won't depart from it because I want to throw it away because of what it said, you know? It makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, save it, and if I ever do get a chance to meet you, I need a picture with you in that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Philip. Thank I I really do appreciate you taking so much time. Merry Christmas to you and your audience, and a happy New Year. <laughs> So this episode's a few days late due to all the holiday craziness, but I hope you're going to agree that it was more than well worth the wait. Much thanks to Philip Tan for allowing me to take over more than two hours of his time for sharing so many cool stories, especially since he normally doesn't do interviews. It was an absolute honor to have him on what will be the last show of 2018 for the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. And I gotta give thanks to Lewis Tan as well for helping me get all this arranged. Philip Tan is, in Lewis's own words, without a doubt an OG in the game and very much the real deal. Now you heard it from the man himself, he's just getting started, and with the heat currently surrounding Lewis as well, I'm pretty stoked to see what the Tan Clan has in store for 2019 and beyond. You can follow Philip on Instagram and Facebook, and while you're at it, you can follow the Kung Fu Driving Podcast there as well. And if you're on Twitter, don't forget to give my crew at the hashtag Castaways a listen. 
It's been an amazing 2018, so thank you to all of my guests this year. And most importantly, thanks to all of you for sticking around and tuning in every week. I've got a lot of things in store for the next year, so I hope you all keep coming back and kicking it like kung fu with me in 2019. Until next time, Poison Clan, Happy New Year. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's swamp. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's swamp. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers. Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea rolling over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pause here. The pause, not again. Back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here. Derry D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster. The child a little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie show his spine off. Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The shogun assassin slashing blood, just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance, the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor, when the blood, it'll splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting